You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging. But in the 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shurgunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Hey, Money Bosses, are you ready to get your financial life in order? Once and for all, as soon as possible? Are you tired of living paycheck to paycheck? Do you often lose track of how much money you have to spend? Do you want to get your financial life together, but just don't quite know how? I am with you. I've been there. I've struggled through all of these. And I know you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to get better. So why do you continue to struggle? I know you can get your own money in order. It took me years to figure out. It took me years of pain, struggle, frustration, anger. But you don't have to go through all of that. You don't even have to get a financial planning degree like I did in order to be successful. Allow me to present to you my Money Flow System, a free playbook of how you can automate your finances, even if you hate budgeting. After you download this free playbook, you will never have to worry about budgeting and who likes that budgeting thing anyway. You will stop accumulating debt and create a bulletproof plan of how to quickly pay it off. You will be able to pinpoint exactly what your income and expenses are. You will never have to miss a single bill again. And you will always, always have a solid idea of how much money is in each of your accounts. So head over to money-flowsystem.com to download my free Money Flow Playbook, a blueprint to streamline your finances in less five or five weeks. Guaranteed. Head over to money-flowsystem.com. Working moms, what does it take to successfully combine a fulfilling career and a happy home? That is the ongoing question I keep asking myself every single day. My guest today is Ashley Quinta Powell. She's the CEO and founder of My VA Rocks and the Productivity Wizard. She'll share her best advice today with us for having it all without doing it all. In 2021, she ran three companies with combined staff of over 20 and still managed to find time to write a book, spend time with her family, and coach a peewee basketball. Join our conversation. Hello, Money Bosses. Welcome back to the Money Boss Podcast. I am excited for my guest today. We are talking about working mothers. My guest today is Ashley, and the way she likes to put this topic is focused on working motherhood. So what does it take to successfully combine a fulfilling career, happy home, and fulfilling life? First of all, Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited because this this topic is all 
dear to my heart as I am a working mom um, and heavily have been focused on a career at the very beginning. Um, but motherhood was something that I also wanted to pursue, yet waited to do that. So lots of things are happening and um, are exciting. So I am all ears to learn more about how you help women realize all of these things. So I want to start with, with this angle um, of a topic where motherhood presents lots of challenges on their own, right? And we want to combine careers, uh, or most women do. So the notion, at least for me, has been, I want to have it all. Um, and if that's been driving me um, to, you know, to succeed at certain levels for as long as I remember myself, uh, personally, professionally, and financially, you have a different take on it. You also advocate for women to have it all, but not necessarily doing it all. So let's start there. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Um, it's an honor to speak with you. And um, uh, congratulations also on um, being a successful woman and a fulfilled mom. Those are not two things that are inherently um, uh, together all the time for all of us. And so if you are not giving yourself a regular pat on the back, you for sure deserve one. Um, I I am the sort of person that, re like in high school, do you remember that there was, always, there was someone who joined all of the clubs and did all of the things. And then when I was in, um, when I was in college, I was doing all the stuff. And then I was in a sorority. And of course I was the president of the sorority and I just wanted to be involved in everything, all the things that were fun. I wanted to do them. And, um, as a mom, um, especially one who works, you get a lot of messaging about ooh, 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 cool it cool, cool down on what you want to say yes to. Sometimes it's cool down your ambitions. Um, I remember being told very specifically after I had my first child that I should wait until my youngest child was in kindergarten before pursuing the next promotion. And, you know, with two kids, really only two years apart, we were looking at a decade uh, of just sitting there and holding tight and waiting for I don't know what. And uh, I, did, I did not, I did not, and I do not think that that is acceptable. So um, my philosophy is, um, is focused around allowing women to have everything that they, uh, that they want, doing all the things that they want to do, but saying no to the things that are either unnecessary or, um, or that they don't have to do, or that someone else should fairly have in their, uh, in their wheelhouse. I like that, especially um, something that you touched on, saying no. Um, I think we all need to learn and establish habits of doing more of that. So I know that um, part of the work that you do is, is running a um, virtual, assist, virtual assistant agency. So how um, would you find, how, how would you see a connection between the work that you help women do um, with this notion of saying no more frequently? Well, um, I think we should say no to certain things, but yes to the things that we want to say yes to. Um, and uh, the best example that I can give there is that I coach my kids' basketball teams, and there's absolutely no reason that I should be a peewee basketball coach. I don't know um, basketball well. I'm not a coach. I'm not even particularly sporty. And uh, But it was something that I really, really wanted to do, and the team needed someone to do it. Um, so I 
sort of pieced out what about it that I wanted to do. And actually what I wanted to do was show up on Saturday mornings and be peppy and happy and tell kids like, you got this um, and encourage them. What I did not want to be doing is spending a lot of time putting together team emails, organizing snack moms. And so I delegated all of that. And um, the, the way that it ended up working for me is I had a virtual assistant who knew me well enough to know that I had no idea what even happens in a peewee basketball practice. And so um, my VAs, about Thursday, send me videos of PB practices so that I can uh, see the games in action and what I'm supposed to be doing. And then, and they send out the emails that say, Hey, parents, don't forget to uh, wear the jersey and we'll see you Saturday at 9 a.m. at this place. And uh, hey, here's who the snack mom is, organize a snack mom. So, all that I have to do is show up. So, if I considered the entire at the you know all of that to be my um my coaching duties i never would be able to coach because there's just stuff in there that i don't have time for um and i'm just really really shrewd about here are the things that i can do and then i want to do the things that um take advantage of my um of my true strengths and then everything else i delegate or eliminate yeah i i, I love that i know um virtual assistant is something that I am certainly thinking about (laughs) and not really, um, not really, I I mean, so definitely for the business, right. But as you were mentioning some of the things like, you know, basketball coaching, that's that, that has nothing to do with your business. That's, you know, personal things and you wanting to show up better for your kids and, and even having some joy with it, even, you know, even without that much experience. So I'd love for us to, 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 to talk about that for sure, but can we pivot a little bit and, and talk about, um, I think you mentioned this in your book, uh, redefining mom, mom, right, or mother, and how 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 do we see ourselves, right, for those of us who moms um, at home, and what does that look like in the workspace? Oh, that's um, that's a that's a wonderful way to um, that's a wonderful way to phrase it. Um, we're, you know. Our society does not do very, very many kind things for working mothers. We're often subtly or not so subtly shown the door. Um, the minute we announce our pregnancy, our um, our coworkers and our bosses, who were often very sure that we were committed for the long haul a minute before, now think we have one foot out, out the door. And that is very unfair. And it is, um, you know, statistically, the people in the organization that are most interested in advancement are moms of two kids and um the most um and the most efficient workers are also by no accident moms of two kids so um we're missing out on this incredible opportunity to really be lifting up people exactly as their careers are taking off it's such a shame that your um baby your your um, child rearing, your childbearing days are at exactly the point where your career really takes off and you're starting to gain some expertise. And um, and I think too, women look around and when they're ready to plant roots, they think, am I stable enough in my career? Am I stable enough in my job? We should look at families and babies at our companies as being a very, very positive sign of the company's strength and stability and uh and that our employees feel uh that they have a long-term career at our companies and instead we look at uh pregnant women and say oh well that's too bad we're losing another good one 
And the opportunity is really incredible if we support women while they're um, in those first, you know, those those hardest first five years of having children, they'll stay with us and they will be our senior level executives in another 10 years. And we will have protected our executive pipelines exactly when they most need to be protected. You know, one one thing I'm sure that we all noticed with COVID um, how many women had to take pivots, right? Or make pivots in their careers because there were kids um, at home to take care of, right? And, and working, unfortunately, right? Working for many um, remotely was not an option. Yeah. Um, and so in thinking of that, the pivots, right? That that are still being made, not just during the, the, the two years, right? That we were in COVID, um, presented opportunities for women, for many women, right, to discover discover themselves in different areas, right, and so starting side hustles or creating businesses, right, that give the flexibility or whatever the platforms for them to take care of the families first, and then still um, still make income. How do you see that connection? Because you mentioned. Uh, women that kind of, you know, have the most advanced are those who have maybe two kids and their careers are blossoming. Yes, we, you know, we lost between three and 5 million women from the workforce in 2020 alone, which is, it's a truly alarming figure. And um, I, we certainly had the opportunity to redefine ourselves with just very, very healthy Um I, uh, I started my virtual assistant agency in 2021, um, partially for this reason. Frankly, um, I was, I mean, I was not alone. I didn't invent this, but I was hanging on by a thread along with many, many, many other working mothers. I was trying to, at the time, keep my consultancy going. Um, I was trying to administer virtual school and my poor daughter had to learn how to zoom before she could read, which is, you know, like it's awful to be on the other side of that. Again, this is not a particularly unique experience at all, but um, I could see that we were going to lose a lot of women from the workforce. And I saw it as a hidden labor pool. You know, if it were me, my brain would atrophy at home and I would want something to, um, to dive into. Um, and so to some extent, it represented a really, really good opportunity to, to, re to redefine ourselves, to um, dive into things maybe we wouldn't have had the opportunity or frankly courage to do so before. Uh, but it will take us years, decades to get back to where we were uh, uh, as close to parity as we were before the pandemic. I, I'm with you on that one for sure. So just because supposedly we are coming on the other end of it. Um, life is so different uh, for everyone, not just women, but everyone. And we're so happy the kids are back at school. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I I mean, I don't know. Maybe for me, I'm just, maybe I'm just the age of my son because he was, his daycare was still open. So I didn't feel as much of a pain as, you know, others who have older kids when you actually had your kids at home. So I definitely sympathize with 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 everyone there. But um, so if as we think about um, women, uh, you know, embracing you know all of these changes, and I'll share personally because I I waited to have a family. I got married very young, and I had no intentions of you know starting starting a family right away because I was career focused, much like you, right? I've joined all the clubs. I I was involved everywhere. Like all of mm -hmm. that was something that drove me, right? I still do that until now. 
but a lot of times I have to realize like my, like there's not any more stuff, uh, room on my plate, like to fit in, right? Because there's more responsibilities with mm-hmm. the family. Now, this was different for the, gen- for our, you know, our parents' generation or even grandparents' generation. So how do you see um, this notion of like, when is, when is it a good age to have kids? I know there's biological clock, but like, if you're trying to have a career path, right. At the same time, um, have a family, like I'm still coming back to this question is how to have it all. Well, I mean, I think the, um, when is the right time to have, um, to have children is so largely dependent on, um, on, each individual. And actually I was just having a conversation with someone who, um, uh, had her first at 23 and, um, she felt like she was so young, but she was around a bunch of, um, uh, her husband was in the military. And so she was uh, interacting with a bunch of military wives who felt like, Ooh, 23 is an awfully late time to get started. And, um, my best friend from high school, um, just had her first at 40 and, um, you know, there was, um, uh, there's no, uh, there's no better way to do it than another. I was 30 when I had my kids and I was done having kids, uh, uh, before my mother would have had her first. So it sort of jumps around. Um, and I'm sure if you, uh, if you ask people at different stages of their children's of their children's lives, they would say, "Oh, I'm happy to be young, or I'm happy to be old for this." Um, but uh, in terms of having it all, I think that is more the um, uh, the desire to have it all has more to do with um, in each area of your life. Are you really being fulfilled? So, in your work, are you really being fulfilled? Do you have the time to spend with your family? I mean, having a, we don't say this enough, being a mom is the single greatest thing ever. I love it. It is mind-blowingly amazing. And if that is, if that is in your plan and in your heart, you should do it because man, it is the single best. I'm sure that if it's not, it's not in your plan, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, wow, that would be a terrible thing to have a regret about. Um, but Wanting to do it all means wanting to enjoy it, wanting to have time where you are not sacrificing sleep in order to, um, in order to get the last remaining work done and feeling like every time you go to make dinner, you're already exhausted and barely surviving the day. And we deserve to enjoy our lives and enjoy our hard work. I agree. Um, how so? In, can we have some parallel? Because I'm I'm very interested in the book um, that you wrote called, called Executive Motherhood. So, first question on that: how, Why did you want to put this? Like your thoughts and ideas in writing. Like what prompted prompted you to connect the two? Because there are two very big topics that um, deserve a lot of discussion. Sure, I've been speaking on executive motherhood um, for years now, and. Um, I have been putting together moms in, um, in industries that I've worked in tech is, uh, notoriously light on, um, women. We just don't have a lot of women. And I didn't love the idea that we didn't have a lot of parents either. I wanted to, um, I wanted to be able to take um, advice or see what a future might look like. And I just didn't see any parents whose kids were older than toddlers, which is a really funny 
um, phenomenon because what happens to those parents as those kids grow older? There were literally none of my peers had middle schoolers or high schoolers. And I definitely wanted to be in the game when my kids are in middle school and high school. And uh, so I determined that what I wanted to do is if, if they existed, I was going to find those parents and I was going to befriend them and figure out what the secrets were and, um, and have a community to, um, to back me up, to give me support, to give me advice. And so uh, when my kids were tiny, tiny, I started pulling together other very, very ambitious moms. And as it turns out, there are a lot of places for moms to go, but the content is often sophomoric and focuses more on, um, well, here's how you make a casserole and not here's how you uh, navigate a business trip uh, with children at home. So um, I we just needed different, we needed a different set of skills and a different set of content. And that's what I set about to create. I like that a lot because I mean, actually in, uh, in another comment in my, in my industry and in financial services, uh, it's women are very light too. So I'm just yeah. extremely passionate about, you know, supporting women just on, on all this journey, right. Figuring out finances because um, it's just, it's just not a, not, not uh, a lot of us there. Um, what does it take to build this kind of a, call it network or community, right. For someone who's who's striving to have it all? What are some of the resources um, that you've gathered? Well, I have loved um, identifying other women as being like, mm, I think you're a, you're a part of my circle. You're, you see what I am going for, and I love that. Um, I've been a community builder for a long, long time. And uh, I, started with, um, I started with a Facebook group that I built for um, executive mothers. Uh, I gave a TEDx on that in a few years ago, I think in 2018. And um, the um, building a community of support around um, women, especially who are raising children and going forward in their careers, that takes a lot of, that takes a lot of um, support. It takes a lot of great female friends. It takes a lot of people saying, hey, I'm going to give you a hard truth here, but you need to work harder or you need to be more gentle with yourself, or you need to, uh, uh, figure out how to show up to basketball practice and not outsource, uh, you know, not outsource the coaching, mm -hmm. whatever it is, you need those people around you who are really going to push you in the right places and, um, and speak your name when you're not in the room and, um, encourage you to go after opportunities. How do you, I know you talk about this in your book, but how do you get your, your partner involved, right? Your family to support you on this? Well, I have gone on the record as saying that if you don't have a supportive partner, you may as well not be married. It would be so much easier to be alone than with a partner who doesn't carry their weight. And I'm very, very serious about this. My, um, my husband is incredibly helpful and, uh, he is a, um, He's a wonderful human being who supports my who supports my career, and uh, is very very involved with our family. That should not be an oddity. That should be the that should be the norm. And frankly, that we don't expect it to be the norm is a little um, is a little alarming. So I um, uh, in my case, 
I've made it very clear that this is this is what how a family behaves and here's how I support you and here's how I expect to be supported. And as it turns out, they're pretty uh, they're pretty similar. Yeah, I, I think I think you have a really great point here in terms of like sitting setting clear boundaries and having a real conversations, right? Because maybe the expectation is that a woman takes, you know, more involvement in, in, in raising kids, right? Or spends more time, but at the same time, you know, the support for the career or the exciting project or even volunteer activities I, I just as equally as important. And so having, having struggled myself with this at times, like, okay, so what's, what's important, right? So I, I, I find my husband, my husband and I um, have what's called money dates. These are conversations. So usually on average, once a week, we would sit down and focus on, you know, what our finances, how our finances are doing, you know, if there's anything major to discuss, but also um, like having, having conversations about your career goals, your personal goals, right? Maybe exercising three times a week is my goal this week, right? And I, how, mm -hmm. how can I make sure that that happens? So having these money dates conversations with your significant other have just, just been tremendous uh, support for myself. It's um, an outstanding idea. We have, um, uh, we have sort of are like uh, fam. We have a family meeting that I think sounds very fairly similar. Where we get on the same page about the calendar, and um, as it turns out, we know how to run companies really well. And some of those, some of those skills can be applied to a family. And of course, some of them are um, uh, only if you have a really good sense of humor about it. But yes, I think that's a brilliant idea. I love that, right? Like it's, I mean, why do we go out into the workspace, right? Or we run our businesses in a, such a format where like everybody's knows, knows what they're doing and know, know their responsibilities and we don't really apply it at home. And I I have, my son is four, so uh, still lots, you know, lots to learn, lots mm -hmm. to do, but <laughs> we're getting into the phase where it's like, well, I mean, what's today on our calendar? So it's like, I'm running the calendar or like, what are we doing today? It's not quite the question. Oh my gosh, so fun. Sounds adorable. <laughs> So it's like, well, okay, so here's here's the plan, but also like translating that into, you know, more adult talk. I'm like, okay, here's the things we need to discuss today. I have a, you know, I have a networking meeting after work. You're in charge of whatever, right? Pick up and, you know, driving to other activities. So I, I think regardless, right, the conversation has to happen all the time for everybody to feel supported because otherwise, like, how, how can you do it, right? It, it's it's yeah. virtually impossible. So how, um, talk a little bit about virtual assistants. I, I'm just naturally curious about that. I know what they do. I know what they help, but how do you, like, if you never thought about hiring a virtual assistant uh, and it only in your head is like, well, I don't have a business, so I don't need one. Like help us break that, uh, that disbelief. Oh yeah. Well, I think everybody who um, feels like they have too much on their plate could benefit from delegation and whether that is to your partner or um, or a virtual assistant. Um, you know, there are a lot. There are a lot of different ways to get that support. I love um, uh, virtual assistants because you can work with someone who is an incredible professional who really brings um, great skills and talent to the um, to the role and um, can really build out systems for you. And um, you know, my my VAs are. Um, I started hiring my VAs um, at thinking that, well, I'll hire moms who are dropping out from the workforce. And actually, as it turns out, lots of people left the traditional workforce because it didn't work for them any longer, either because they had caregiving um, responsibilities or they had a business that they wanted to pursue in the background. And so the um, 
the incredible talent that's available today um, in truly remote and truly flexible environments is absolutely stunning. So as everyone is talking about how difficult it is to find great people, I will tell you that I think everyone that I've hired over the last year is overqualified, um, spectacular um, candidates. Mm. So um, I think we have, um, we have mm, let's say 15% of our clients use virtual assistants for life stuff. So that is, mm -hmm. um, hey, I uh, have three kids, all of them are in different sports. The family calendar is a mess. I need something that puts um, all of us on um, all of us on the same calendar. My husband and I both work. We have a babysitter thrown in there. Someone just needs to be the traffic manager for our household. That's a great opportunity to use a virtual assistant. Um, we also have like I'm terrible with emails. I think the the um, the higher up you get in your career, no matter who you are, whether you're a business owner or a um, an executive, as you as you um, climb your ladder, you have an opportunity to do so much more strategic thinking, and that's the things that you're going to get paid for. Like that's the big bucks, mm -hmm. and we tend to um, be so used to measuring our own productivity based on how many tasks we can accomplish that we are very very bad at opening up the space for big strategic thinking. But if we're going to do the big strategic thinking, it there's there has to be time for it. And I think about um, like that time for me is often on a bike. I plod along on a bike for a couple of hours. And at the end of the ride, I know I have figured out whatever business problem I went there to solve. And also I've solved three of the world's problems. You know, it's, that's a, it's a really great thing, but I can't be so busy that I never feel like I can get on the bike. That's the most important thing. So mm -hmm. all of this little stuff that we spend a lot of time in, and I'm that may that may be um, sending out uh, our own invoices, for instance, or um, spending a lot of time um, on emails, asking someone, oh, how about Wednesday the third at four? No, how about uh, Friday? Then here are the three options. All of that is wasted time, and if we're really being conscious about what we are spending our time on and what we want to be doing. We have to get rid of all of that little stuff that provides no value to us or our lives or our future and just focus on the things that are really going to make a big impact in our lives and in the world. I like I like that that connection because I mean one of the things years ago that um I've given myself permission, right, is to hire not a virtual assistant, but um, if we're talking about household, right, somebody to help you clean, somebody to help yeah, you, yeah. you know, get or, I mean, like that kind of stuff, right? Or somebody come and do your mow your lawn or, you know, organize your garden. So those kinds of things. So thinking of a virtual assistant is, is in those realm, you know, in the same realm of idea, like, can I free up time, like you said, to do the big thinking or just or just have some time alone, right? We're speaking, we're speaking to a busy working yeah. moms where you can just like have an hour, do whatever. If you if if your idea is just to sit quietly somewhere for an hour, have it, right? Because <laughs> it brings so much more joy and, and satisfaction. And so it's like it's the thought thought of justifying, right? Because obviously, if you're hiring a virtual assistant, you have to pay them, right? Because they're not going to work free. So it's like, right. how do you make a balance of that in your overall financial budget? Well, that's a great question. Um, I usually have advised people to start closest to the bottom line. There are things that make no sense to have a virtual assistant do if you are um, 
concerned about your bottom line. A great example of that is um, organizing a Google Drive. It's a great opportunity for a, um, a virtual assistant to come in and do something great. But if you're focused on, um, on increasing revenue, that's the worst place to have a virtual assistant focus. So um, uh, in our case, we would recommend to clients that not do the Google Drive, um, but that we um, that we instead um, figure out what we can do for lead generation or what we can do for um, outreach. Those are the kinds of things that you can have a virtual assistant running in the background and be um, uh, working towards a positive ROI more quickly, um, and especially for um, especially for folks who are business owners. There's all sorts of stuff that we just know that we are supposed to get to, but should not. Um, and for executives, um, I love, love, love networking support. So, you know, all the business cards that you're collecting, you know, we know that it's good practice to send a handwritten note after having a meeting with someone. Personally, I've actually never found the time to do that. There is always 17 things in front of that particular line item and, um, and a virtual assistant can take all, care of all of that. I love that. That's an awesome reminder for networking. I mean, I've thought about everything else, but that, <laughs> yes, it's a big thing to do, right? As a business owner, or it's just as a person trying to grow and expand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that. Um, talk, talk a little bit about your book and um, would love for you to share where people can connect with you and learn more about what you're doing. Sure. So my book is Executive Motherhood, The Art of Having It All Without Doing It All. And it's available on Amazon as a um, as a paperback uh, in Kindle format and as an audiobook. And I will tell you, it is safe for the minivan. It's uh, it has no swearing, and um, uh, and then you can check out my virtual assistant firm at myva.rocks. And I'm on LinkedIn as Ashley Quinto Powell, and I would love to connect with your listeners there. Yes, totally awesome. We will include all of this in the show notes and also do mention your TED talk. So I think it's worth, uh, oh gosh, you're such an awesome presenter. So it's worth exploring for sure, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It has been, um, it has been a blast. Same here. Thank you so much. Hey, Money Boss. Thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, Smart financial decisions are for everyone, uh, so don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, then be sure to go to mainstreet-money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, and of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.